Let's talk about books. This is Book Talk, and I'm your host, Anthony Moirore. At Book Talk, we have guests come and tell us about their books, and we've always had a good time with all the guests who come. Today, we have a special guest. Her name is Penelope. I feel like this is a hard name I haven't been saying. <laughs> Penelope Kelly, and she's written a book, a uh, most recent one, known as I do not like the rotten egg scent in Yellowstone National Park. It's an interesting title. We're going to find out what's in it. But uh, I won't talk about it because the author is coming to join us shortly. Please, as we go to meet the author, I will ask you to share this episode with all your friends. If you have a question, ask as we are moving on. If you have a comment to make, we love a feedback. So send us your comment. And now, without taking one more minute, I'm going to ask you to come join me as we go to meet our guest today. Here we go. Hello. Hello. Hi, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> now, be rest assured that I have not been having that name before, so I need to practice it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Penelope K. Penelope K. Okay, now I got it. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Welcome. Well, thank you for having me. It's such a treat to, to be here with you. Yes, we are honored to have you here. And where are you based right now? I am in Montana, uh, Billings, Montana, in the USA. Wonderful. And how is the weather? Uh, it's going to be hot. We've had a lot of rain uh, in the last several months, uh, but it looks like summer is finally here in Montana. So oh, it's going to be hot. <laughs> I love summer. Don't I love summer? I love summer. Yeah, so... Uh, this is book talk, and uh, this is where we come to talk about books. Nothing but books. And I love that. <laughs> we, are, we are always honored to have authors like yourself come and tell us about their books. So before we go to your most recent book, which I just showed people with an interesting title, mm -hmm. I would ask you to tell us uh, about your background. Is that where you were born, where you are right now? And when did you um, start writing, by the way? <laughs> well, I actually was born here in Billings. I grew up in a little town about 15 miles west of Billings. Okay. And, uh, I did, um, I went to college and uh, graduated to be a teacher. So I taught school, public school for a number of years. Mm -hmm. And um, then once I had children, I was able to homeschool them. Um, so they were uh, a big, obviously, part of my life as, you know, from 
many, many years and uh, teaching them and helping them grow into some wonderful women. Uh, but in the process, I really had a heart to write. And so over the years, I would write different things, little poems or children's stories. Um, but it wasn't until about 10 years ago when I came back from a, a children's writing conference and there was some interest in some editors. They, the editors there were interested in some of the things that I had written. And I came back and I thought, okay, are you going to be an author or not? Are you going to write or not? And so I made the decision then that I was going to write, that it wasn't just going to be a hobby, that I was going to pursue writing as a career. And, um, and so I did. I began taking steps. I went to conferences, writing conferences, learned the craft of writing, which is a big deal. I mean, you can have the gift of writing, mm -hmm. but if you don't have the craft, you're not going to really go anywhere with your books. And so I learned the craft of writing and uh, made a huge difference in, in how I approach writing, how I actually write. Um, my first book that I wrote, Making Crooked Places Straight, uh, is an award-winning book. And the reason it is, is because I went to those conferences and I learned the craft of writing. And mm. if I had done that, it would have, I mean, it, it just wouldn't have been as successful, so. Okay, and what was in that uh, first book, Making Crooked Straight, uh, Places Straight? I'm sorry? What was in it? What, what's in that book? Oh, what that, um, that book is a, it's a spiritual warfare manual. Um, you know, we get crooked thinking a lot in our, uh, the way we see things. We have uh, twisted thinking about ourselves, how we view ourselves, God, other people, relationships. Um, this book uh, is an expose on the perverse spirit, uh, which is very good at twisting and perverting how we view life. And, and so what I did is expose that uh, in our lives, how it works. I gave a lot of personal examples. And then I have a lot of uh, prayers and uh, spiritual weapons that we can use to walk in victory over that. So it's a really powerful book, a lot of, a lot of great uh, tools for us to, to walk out in our, our, our life. Wow, that's wonderful and it's very necessary yeah. In the present day, when mm -hmm. we got to always look at a spiritual side and see how we can grow it, where we can correct the walk that we are walking. So yeah. thank you for writing that. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you. I yes. appreciate that. And I'm curious about this one point. Uh, you taught uh, children. I did. You mm -hmm. were writing conferences where you are focusing on children. How come your first book is not focused on children? <laughs> well, that was uh, that was something that the Lord just decided to hijack mm -hmm. my writing. Uh, yeah. Basically, I I had written um, many many children's books. And I still have a lot that haven't been published yet, but He wanted that one out first. And I had a friend who just um, basically harangued me to put that in a book form because it started in a in a just a word study, and he she was just relentless. And then finally, the Lord made it clear, you need to write that book. It's like, mm -hmm. so I wrote the book and I didn't think anybody would want to read it because of the topic. Um, I didn't think anybody would publish it. So I just left it sit for about eight years. And then, and then 
God made it really clear. It's like, okay, get this out. It needs to be published. And the first editor I talked to at a conference about it wanted to see it, and they offered me a contract. Mm. So that's how it came to be. God wanted that book out. It wasn't my – I wanted my picture books out. That's, but... a, that's a beautiful story. Well, to me, it seems like, uh, to me, okay, this is your writing world. So – and I go back to the creation. And now let's make man in our own image. Not a child, but a big <laughs> A grown-up. Let's make yes. you start with a grown-up book. That's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I my passion is children's picture books, but I've, uh, I have a heart to really encourage and um, build up adult and, and in their spiritual walk and their faith and as well. So um, that's what this book does. Mm. That's, that's, that's very good. Now, then you wrote that and published that. It's not yes. very many people who say that I walked in the first door that I walked into, they say DS. So surely that was a direction from above. Mm -hmm. Very much so. Yeah. After that, tell us, after that, which one did you go to? So the next book was uh, one that a publisher wanted me to write on how to land uh, media interviews without a publicist, because mm -hmm. um, I was able to get tw over 20 radio interviews with Making Cricket Places Straight. I didn't know anything. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I knew nothing. And um got lots of help from all the people that I talked to at the radio stations. And then a publisher said... You need to write a book about that because people don't know how to do that. And you did it. And so that's where that book came in. Okay. And it's very much, it's a totally different um, style of writing because the second one, the, the land media interviews without a publicist is very much a teaching book. It's like, do this, do this, don't do this. And then I explain why you do it or why you don't. I, I have very uh, verbatim examples of how to leave emails or conversations to have, what to say, what not to say. So it's very much a tutorial to help people walk through those steps when they really don't know what to do. Wow. I'm imagining you started with this uh, <laughs> book. That's one style. You uh -huh. London media interviews, another style. Yes, totally different. Totally, totally different. different. Totally different. And now mm -hmm. that's when we come to your latest book. Because yes. I think you've only got three published up to now. Yes, you've correct. Many, but three published. Mm -hmm. So the one that I introduced in the beginning is your third book. Yes. Totally different style. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, Maya. I but love this different audience. Also. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's just a fun, fun book. I love okay, it. Okay, tell us about it. Well, um, the main character is Fiona, our little redheaded, pigtailed, uh, precocious little girl. And she's about eight years old, and she does not like that rotten egg scent in Yellowstone National Park, and she makes no bones about it. But she finds out as she goes through her journey that there are animals that clearly don't mind that smell. Mm -hmm. And there are people who don't mind that smell. So she has a little bit of an awakening throughout the, the book. Um, so it's just, a, it's just a lot of fun to see, to see her experience that and share that with people, with the children who read the book. It's, it's just fun. Mm. 
what age are they are we focusing on in these uh, about four to eight although i've had uh, grandparents who've read it to two-year-olds and it keeps their attention which That's is very I, i'm really pleased about that but yeah four to eight years old uh, mm -hmm. could this be an idea that came from your teaching and i actually don't know what grade you are teaching uh, i i taught sixth grade for eight years and then i taught junior high, seventh and eighth graders for two years. So um, this is, um, but this is geared for four to eight years old. And um, I, I came, I, the idea came um, from a conversation with my daughter. I was part of a children's uh, writers group. Mm -hmm. And during the lockdown in 2020, they came up with a project for us to do. Mm -hmm. So authors were to, write either a picture book, a poem, or the first chapter of a chapter book, and the illustrators were to draw two pictures. So, and the theme was summer in Montana, which is okay, but for me it was like too broad of a, of a, a theme. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't grab hold of it. So I called my adult daughter and I said, okay, tell me what you remember about summer in Montana, about, you know, things we did. And so she's naming different things. And we have a county fair here and she listed a few things and nothing clicked. And then she said, well, we always went to Yellowstone Park every summer, which we did. And I said, okay, tell me about the park. And she said, well, you know, there's um, the buffalo and the geysers and Old Faithful. And then she said, and the rotten egg smell, it was like, bam right there, I knew I had a book. And I'd already written two stories that are titled, I do not like. And I thought like, I do not like the rotten egg scent. There it is. So so that's how I, uh, how the story came about. It took me about 45 minutes to write it. And, uh, and there we are. Right. Another two okay. years to publish it, but to get it into print, but yeah. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No. The rotten egg ascend. Is it? <laughs> it's <laughs> is bad. It something that exists there in your. Oh yes. Oh yes. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. something that happens up to date. It, it's a smell that is there. The scent that the is time. there. Mm -hmm. yeah. What is? Why is it? What, what's? What's the? The thing about what? How does it? What happens? Is there well, any explanation? Yeah, it's it's actually sulfur. So it's okay. it's it's the a sulfur and all the chemicals that are mixed um, in in the park's geothermal system, okay. and so it just cre just creates this rotten egg, and it just smells like rotten eggs. I mean, it's awful. I guess sometimes sometimes it's not as bad. It depends on where you're at. Yeah. Like on the on the east side of the park, mm -hmm. um, you don't smell it. Okay. Because that's not where the geysers are and the all the thermal pools but on the west side of the park uh once you get in there about mm, 30 miles or so it, you start to smell it and then there's just huge areas of it that are really i mean they're just putrid it just smells awful but it's beautiful i mean it's just part of the park you just you know it's part of the experience you can't you can't not go to the park and not smell the rotten egg scent it's just that's just you just have to do it <laughs> You just have to do it, whether you like yeah. it or not. Yeah. And it's interesting with a human being. You know, there are all kinds of people. There are those who wouldn't like it. There are those who would. I know that. I mean, mm -hmm. I've always got people who appreciate some weird things. Yes. Yes. 
Now, you sharing this story, and, and thank you for writing it, you sharing this story and with the young ones, uh, I, I guess there is a message behind it, uh, which you would love to know. Well, I really want, I really want children to appreciate what God's done in our natural resources, to really enjoy and not be afraid um, and, and to even learn. Because in the book, I describe six different animals and what they think of that rotten egg smell. So uh, we have what the buffalo thinks, what the bear thinks, moose, eagle, um, the chipmunks, and uh, Columbia spotted frogs. And, and so I, I give a view of how they view it. And um, for instance, the chipmunks just, they just, you know, pose for pictures. They're, they don't mind that smell, but they'll just, you know, take my picture, <laughs> you mm -hmm. know? And the interesting thing about the Columbia spotted frogs, um, when I first wrote it with frogs, I just assumed they croaked, you know, like you hear a frog croak and, and then I went online and to see where I could find sounds of the animals. And it turns out that the, the Columbia spotted frog doesn't croak. It actually makes a knocking sound like you're knocking on wood. That's the sound that they make. Mm -hmm. um, so, so that was really interesting. And, you know, the grizzly bears stand on their hind feet and, you know, sniff the air all around. So it's just a, a fun way to introduce the little ones to the animals that are found in the park. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and also the landscape, the beauty of the, of the park. Um, my illustrator was really able to capture that. So it was a lot of fun to do that. Okay. That's, that's interesting. And I'm wondering, Finally, did Fiona like the rotten eggs? And, or well, end? well, no, no, I hope that we are not. Uh, I'm not going to spoil it. We are not. We are not spoiling. No, but but she does have an awakening at the end. Okay. She does have an awakening at the very very end. On the last mm -hmm. page, Fiona comes to a lovely realization about the smell. Okay. So, yeah. How many pages are the, is the book? Um, there's 32. Mm -hmm. uh, there's 32 pages, uh, all beautifully uh, illustrated. Um, my illustrator, Robert Sauber, was a, is an award-winning watercolor artist. And so he the, the drawings he did are just phenomenal. Interesting, though, because he's never been to Yellowstone Park. Okay. And so he would draw things especially the landscape and it's like no it doesn't look like that or we need to add this or um you know the the steam and the water coming up from the geysers are it's just pure white there there's no color to it so we we had to we had to work together um uh you always walk on a boardwalk so she always had to have a boardwalk that she was walking on she couldn't walk just in the grass because that's not allowed you know, in the park there, where, where the geysers are. Mm -hmm. So there was just fun to, you know, I, I would send him pictures or little videos. <clears throat> and, uh, and so he'd pull from those and, and then do the landscape. So it was just a really a team effort for the two of us to work together to bring about that beauty. Because it really is people, adults who will uh, read, uh, buy the book for their children or grandchildren, just are amazed at how, how, uh, that landscape captured 
Yellowstone. It's like, well, that looks just like Yellowstone. That's exactly what I remember when I went to Yellowstone. Mm. So it's really lovely. Seems uh, it was a really interesting journey writing this book. It was. It was. Oh. The, the story was just was was fun. That took like forty five minutes, but everything else that to get that into print, it, it's a it's a journey. Yeah. It's yeah, not yeah. for the faint-hearted. You have to persevere and you have to keep, you know, moving on and have faith because, I mean, there was one day that I just thought, I am so done. I, I'm never going to write again. I can't do this. It's just too much. Uh, I was over it. <laughs> so you have to, but you have to keep going, you know. Yeah. So in this instance and through the experience that you went through, as you are writing that book, how would you advise someone who is not written but is contemplating going into writing with the challenges that you faced, what to avoid, sure. how to get inspiration? Tell us everything that you can. <laughs> well, first thing I would say is to, um, go to go to writers' conferences. That, that changed my entire writing career. Mm. And... I, it's not just learning the craft of writing, but you get to connect with with the uh, professionals in the industry, um, editors and agents who are just so willing to to share with you what they know and what they think will help you. Mm. I remember one uh, conference I went to. I um, was sitting um, at a, at lunch. And in that particular setting, everybody just mingled together. It was like a big cafeteria style mm. lunch. So we just sat, you know, and you end up sitting with the, next to a, you know, an agent or an editor. And so this gentleman was an editor and he, he's uh, well established. Um, and he asked me what I was working on. So I mentioned at that time, it was my first book. And I no sooner got the title out of my mouth and he started listing off all the different things I could do to help market my book and, and add other products to that whole project. And I, I didn't even have to ask him. He was just right there willing to just share all that he knew. And, and that happens a lot, um, at least with the conferences I've gone to. So I would really encourage anyone who wants to write yeah, go to a conference, take some classes on writing for publication because you'll just learn so much. I mean, one of the things I learned is um, about, you know, getting rid of words. And that, that would be the second thing is to be a ruthless editor. The writing skill, writing is, is in one part of your brain. Editing is in a different part of your brain. And so it's really important to put that work down for a while and then come back as the editor because then you get to really be ruthless you look at that and say okay how can i make this stronger do i have a really solid foundation with what i'm you know adding to and um can i say this in a better way with fewer words um so that's another real key is don't be afraid to edit don't think you know every word that you write comes from the throne of god because it doesn't <laughs> but we can um build and and just create a better a better book by being willing to um you know get rid of words for instance in making crooked places straight i used the word that over 700 times hmm. 
when I first wrote it. By the time I got done, it's less than 200. So and it, I didn't even need it. I mean, and so those are the kinds of things. I did find, though, that if I really wanted to keep a sentence or a phrase or a, a, a thought, I would copy it to the end of the manuscript, and then I would work it in. If, I, if it was really important to me, I would make a way to find a, a place for it so I could keep it. So, um, so those are two things I would definitely encourage uh, people to do is go to writers' conferences, um, be a ruthless editor, um, uh, make connections, you know, uh -huh. uh, that's really, that's really important. Um, and just write, you know, sometimes it's, <laughs> and even if you have to delete it, if you write for like two minutes, five minutes a day, maybe make a word count, a hundred words today. I'm going to do a hundred words today. Even if you delete them tomorrow, yeah. just write. It's really important to write. So. Write, write, write. Mm -hmm. Conferences. Yes. Editing. Edit, oh. Sorry. Yes. Edit, edit. Thank you very much for sharing that. We appreciate that. Yeah, now, you're welcome. I'm going to add to that. Uh, this point that uh, someone said that great writers are great readers so if uh, you are not reading then you better start reading start reading yeah <laughs> yeah read more read more read more yes yes Absolutely. And on, yes and on that note we are reminding you that uh, this is book talk and we are talking about the book I Do Not Like the Rotten Egg Sand in Yellowstone National Park by Penelope. I'm still practicing your name. Penelope. Penelope. Apologies. That's okay. We'll yeah. get it. Okay, that's the kind of same like editing your book. You edit and edit and edit and edit. Yeah, I started, with, I started with the 10 mistakes in pronouncing that name. I'm going to get it. I'm sure. You're I'm gonna gonna get it. Get it. Yes, you are. <laughs> yeah. And the reason I shared that book to you, the viewer or the listener, is to ask you to read it. Read it. Even before you buy it for your young one. And yes. Oh, yes. yes, because they'll love it. And not only that, um, Anthony, but I included a parent-teacher page in the back for parents or and teachers and librarians. And I have a free download code uh, from my website where they can access over 30 activities that they can do with their, their kiddos, including how to make the rotten egg scent. Mm. So okay. it's really a wonderful, um, wonderful book for, for everybody. And I mean, it can be... The whole family can get involved in some of those activities. It's just That's a lot of fun. That's beautiful. Remind me your website, please. It's ps2710.com. Got it. I'm going to share that. I have not seen, no, I may have not heard your name or I've heard it once, but definitely I've never seen a website like this. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, it's the first time someone is going to agree with me. Uh, let me just put it here. Uh, if, I won't add the, the www. So that's how the website looks like. ps2710.com. Yes. Mm -hmm. And there's one whole tab there that's just for kids. That's all about um, the books, um, a, a video letter that I put together. My web developers uh, turned it into a little uh, video. Um, 
There's the book trailer is there. They can check out that. I've got some freebie activities to do um, for the kiddos to uh, either coloring pages or some uh, activity page. So there's it's just a lot of fun. So they need to check it out. Yeah. Yeah. And you better believe this. If you've enjoyed this show, the talk that we've had, you'd better know that there's something in that website. So rush there. I remind you it's PS. 2710.com and go and get the book and the other books too and enjoy <laughs> the activities that are there because they are fun. They are fun. It's yeah. fun books, yeah. If Penelope says they are, then believe that they are. I got it. I got it. <laughs> you did. <laughs> you did. Yeah. yeah, so this has been Book Talk. <clears throat> so we're almost off. We're almost signing off. But before we go, we'd like you to leave us with a few words that we should always remember. Which are they? Um, a few words about my books or just about in... About anything. About anything that may come to mind. Okay. Well, I would just want to say that uh, we have an incredible opportunity to share our gifts with others. And... Um, and that we should take that time and that opportunity any any time we can. That we we can um, lift people up. We can encourage people uh, with our writing, and because God's given us a message, whether it's just for fun, like Fiona's story, or a deeper spiritual walk, like making crooked places straight, or just information we need, like how to land media interviews without a publicist. We have a a, a message that's important. And who knows who's going to hear that, and it will it will make an, a, an impact in their lives for for you know years to come. So just share share the gift that God's given us. Wow. That's what I would say. That's a beautiful message. Yes. It's a beautiful beautiful message. You never know who's watching out there. You never know who's going through some challenge and is waiting for the words that you're going to speak or the book that you're going to write. That's that right. That we, which has been given to you, and you've been given this opportunity to give it to the world. Mm-hmm. That's thank right. You. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah. So that's about it. We've come to the end of the show. This has been book book talk. I have been your host, Anthony Moirore, and together with our guest, Penelope K. We're saying keep reading, and until next time, bye for now. Bye-bye. Bye.